0: The last word with Matt Cooper.
1: Today, now we're going to Frank Rainier, Today FM Court's correspondent, because the jurors in the trial of the man accused of the murder of Ashling Murphy have heard that the 23-year-old schoolteacher died from multiple stab wounds to the neck. The jurors were presented with the post-mortem evidence today in the trial of Joseph Pushka, a 33-year-old Slovakian man who denies murdering Miss Murphy in Tullamore last year. As I said earlier today, I found course correspondent Frank Greeney joins us now and of course we should warn you that the evidence today may be distressing to some of you. Frank, the jury has been hearing today about the initial Garda response. What can you tell us about that?
0: That's right. Um, A lot of Garda witnesses called to give evidence today. We heard from a Garda, Tom Dunn, who was in the public office in Tullamore Garda Station when he said a member of the public called in. Um, He described the caller as sounding panicked on the phone. and wasn't making a whole pile of sense was how he put it so he just tried to extract his um, exact location. He was asking about uh, directions. This person on the the phone was talking about an assault that had taken place along the canal in Tullamore and after putting the phone down um, Garda Dunn said he went straight upstairs the detective officer seek assistance three cars were then sent straight down he himself took a patrol car with a colleague of his uh, they were the first on the scene they met some people at Digby Bridge along the canal who pointed them in the direction of the ditch uh, where Ashley Murphy's body uh, was ultimately found and once there they said they met the man who had made the call to the Garda station another man was there too we heard from both um, yesterday Garda Dunn said Um, he got out of the car, went into the ditch and started to perform CPR um, with his colleague. He said he shouted up at one stage that he thought there might have been a faint pulse but his focus he said was on the chest compressions Um, we heard from another Gartha witness uh, Detective Sergeant David Scathell who arrived around the same time as as Gartha Dunn and when he did he said he could see uh, Gartha Dunn kneeling down in the hedge doing CPR. He said he could see a female down there. Um, He asked Gartha Dunn if there was a pulse. Uh, He was Wasn't sure, but he thought there might be a faint pulse. Uh, He knew it was a woman because of her leggings. He could see blonde hair. He described it as a clear, bright day. Uh, He said that he rang 999 at 346 to see if there was an ambulance en route. There was, but they needed a bit of help with um, directions. So he gave them further directions as to exactly where they had to go. And he said that um, his two colleagues continued to do CPR down in that ditch. He said they were doing the best they could.
1: Okay, what happened when the paramedics arrived?
0: Well, they they arrived a short time later. Um, A decision we heard was made to bring the body up onto the footpath. Um, So he said that he and his colleagues assisted in bringing um, Ashley up to the footpath. Um, And when they were bringing her out of the ditch, um, he said that there was an awful lot of blood. He described how her hair... And again, Matt, just to echo that warning that you gave at the top of the piece, it, it is very distressing evidence that jury heard today. Um, he described how her hair was very matted with blood. And he said that what struck him was that her mouth was wide wide open. Um, He said that he saw cuts and a slice on her neck. He he described her clothing. He said that she was wearing a GA top um, from her local Komogi club. He said he was familiar with that club. A KK top was how he described it. Uh, She had leggings. He noticed that she didn't have shoes on her, but he did see some blue runners in a a hedge nearby. Uh, He said there was also a black jacket in that hedge. He saw some dark sunglasses on the edge of a footpath and a pink bobble hat. And uh, just to the left of where uh, she was, he said there was a bicycle with big green forks on it. He described how um, once the paramedics were working on her, he noticed a defibrillator was there. Uh, he described her body as being limp at that stage. And again, he remembered uh, looking at her mouth. Um, he said it was just wide open. Uh, he described seeing a necklace as well, a gold necklace, he said. And it said, um, uh, he, if from his memory, it said Ashling. A gold necklace that said "Ashling."
1: I understand the jury also heard today about an arrest. Which arrest?
0: they heard about an arrest through the evidence um uh, of detective scattle he before he'd left the scene he said he became aware that a man had been arrested and this afternoon then we heard from a colleague of his detective um who who said he thought the description of a potential suspect was similar to the description of a man that he knew so he said the description he was working off uh, was a male uh, foreign dark eyes, balding, shaved head and stocky. And on the back of that he said that he called a colleague um, to voice his opinion that he should call to a certain house and he became aware uh, that that man was arrested later that day. Now, we didn't hear any more about that arrest today apart from the man's name, which was said in court um, um, I shouldn't say it on, on air sure. there's no legal reason as to why I shouldn't say it but all I can say is that um, the man's name that was arrested that day was not Josef Pushka
1: Okay, the jurors also heard from the state pathologist who examined Ashlyn Murphy's body and uh, tell us a little bit about what the pathologist came to the conclusions as to the cause of death <laughs>
0: That's right. Uh, it took some time for the pathologist, Dr. Sally Ann Collis, to present her findings to the court. Um, we heard she examined Ashing's body from top to bottom, inside and out. Uh, this was the day after she had been found on the 13th of January last year. And she outlined in great detail uh, what she described as 12 sharp force injuries, um, 11 of which were stab wounds. And she said that all of them were inflicted to the right side of her neck. And in relation to one particular injury to her neck, she said she didn't think Ashing would have been able to speak or make an intelligible sound after it had been inflicted. She also said um, she wasn't able to completely exclude uh, the possibility of compression or pressure being applied to Aisling's neck uh, she was also asked about some injuries to her hands particularly um, Aisling's fingers which she said uh, may have been defensive in nature, um, she said she may have been trying to protect herself, may have caught a blade, that uh, was how she put it and under cross examination again she said she couldn't completely exclude the possibility of strangulation but she concluded um, at the end of this a very detailed and comprehensive report she concluded that Aisling had died a uh, from the stab wounds to her neck and given the fact that all of the stab wounds were to the right side of Ashley's neck, as I say, it was put to her by Mr Pushka's barrister that a right-handed person would naturally strike to the opposite side uh, of the neck, the left-hand side. And the pathologist agreed, uh, but she said that was provided they were both facing each other. Um, but later then, um, when she was being re-examined by the prosecuting barrister, she said an attack such as this will be quite dynamic. And she outlined how Ashley's head may have been to one side or the blade may have moved or that side of her neck may have been ex- exposed. But I suppose it took her maybe over an hour and a half to deliver um, her evidence uh, this afternoon, and, and she ultimately concluded, as I say, that Ashley Murphy died from multiple um, stab wounds to the neck.
1: Frank Grainier today FM course correspondent. Thank you. You can follow each moment of the trial with Frank on his daily podcast, All Rise: The Ashley Murphy Murder Trial, which is available from half past six this evening on the Golod app or wherever it is you get your podcasts. The Last Word with Matt Cooper, weekdays from four thirty.